Plot, Going Blind, 2010, Going Blind, Coming Out of the Dark About Vision Loss tells the stories of everyday people and their heroic efforts they make to live in today's world with vision loss. Peabody Award-winning director, Joseph Lovett tells this story with a very personal appeal as he reveals his diagnosis of glaucoma, a disease that robs 4.5 million people worldwide of their vision. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. Or maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular. Welcome to Citizen White Kane, the podcast where envisioning our ideal selves through blind representation on screen is more important than actually having vision. My name is Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bakta. And we are talking about a documentary today. Yes. Going Blind, um, which we already did, so we're an expert on that. Um. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're... <laughs> um, but it it is um, about um, the, I guess sort of the fight of losing your vision to glaucoma if your choice is to fight yeah i don't know i don't know if i'd use fight i don't really want to use struggle either i think coping might be a better word well it's kind of like a war between i don't know why i have all these fighting metaphors but like (laughs) he is trying to both cope but at the same time sort of fighting against vision like or not vision sorry vision loss yeah like he goes i mean like the the filmmaker is going blind so that's cool Mm -hmm. i guess uh Uh, joseph lovett is the name of the um documentarist and he is going blind yes he is uh (laughs) yeah he's dealing with uh glaucoma right right and so um it's kind of i guess his way of coping with it Mm -hmm. um is also to on top of like we see his own journey but we get to see a lot of other people who are blind who kind of already gone through the process for the most part of going blind and Um, how how they're living fulfilled normal everyday lives yeah uh i i think i want to just get this out of the way now so i don't keep harping on it uh throughout the entire conversation but this does come from a very a privileged place. I mean, this, he's able to have like all of these surgeries. He he yeah. lives he lives in a very nice apartment with his partner in New York. And I'm I'm not knocking him for any of this. Like he's a he's an incredibly he's a Peabody Award journalist. You know that's that's amazing. That's incredible. But I kind of w- wished that we could have more documentaries or more representation of people uh, people of color or people who can't just say, oh, oh, I can get an experimental surgery or I can be in this experimental trial to try and get my glaucoma under control. Right. It is it is a weird dissonance because part of me just felt bad for him, like that his privilege Mm -hmm. was kind of pushing him into this thing where he could never truly 
like cope with the fact that he's just going blind and you just might as well just live as a blind person right you know right. like why not why fight it like right. what's the point point? and it almost like to me I felt bad like the, the money that he had to do all this stuff because I was thinking that as well and then I was also like this is ultimately just hurting him because it's so much harder to cope like it's just not what I would wish on any blind person <laughs> like that that idea because he's just like constantly throughout the whole movie he's constantly doing all these different surgeries and traveling and doing surgery and it's just like so much is going into this and he'll do one surgery and then there'll be an after effect and I'm like why is no one just sitting down and be like hey being blind's okay dude I mean like because it's right. what he's trying to do but it still doesn't like fully connect that like yeah I mean because he me- most of the people he meets like you said have gone blind or are are going blind and they're fully capable and coping you know and just doing their thing and then you know he meets the um the architect at near the end of the movie and he this gentleman is, an, is another guy who is undergoing treatments right to keep his vision well and he has age-related macular degeneration th- thank you yeah yeah, yeah. Age, yes yes and and i don't want i definitely don't want to sit here and be like you shouldn't fight it you should just you know just lose your vision it'll it, you know whatever uh, even though i think that that's an easier thing I, I still, you know, I mean, if I if I really started experiencing rapid vision loss, you know, tomorrow, um, I'm still going to be upset and disoriented because now yeah. I just have to rethink about how I live. Yeah, it's not easy but, to go blind. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess the part uh, there's a part of me, the part of me that does rely on on vision does understand where right. he's coming from. I mean, he's, you know, in his prime, he has his career. Well, and he's like, he has that problem of like, unlike both of us, he learned how to drive Mm -hmm. and everything before, like he did, he just had so much of his life was able to get a career and learn how to drive and all this stuff that he did before losing his vision. And so I think that that can be almost, I think that's a curse in a lot of ways (laughs) to being blind. Like, I don't wish that as a, I would never want to be that as a blind person, because I think that like, that's a lot harder because then you mm-hmm. have to like give up though I mean it's better for if you want to get benefits and stuff to like because if you lose your job to disability then they give you the money you got right. whereas if you're born <laughs> blind you're truly fucked yeah. so I mean yeah. in that way it's good but that shouldn't be the case like mm-hmm. like it is definitely I think it is psychologically a lot harder and so I do understand that but I also think that the like constant surgeries just have so much of like a damaging mm. effect because it's just like you can never adapt to it like no, no. like because I always <laughs> felt like going blind was way harder than being blind like being blind is totally okay because you because you have an amount of vision you know what it is you know what you're able to do you know how to cope and then every single day you're getting to like a happier place in your life whereas like going blind you're constantly needing to readjust Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. you never know like today should I be doing this like he's biking and I'm like don't just stop biking because you could die like you can die it's dangerous biking and driving and he's like yeah I just drove down to New Jersey and I'm like are you just really no don't Oh, my God, because he's just like, yeah, I've lost most of my central vision. What are you doing? I know. It's so it it freaked me out. I was really upset. But it's like it's hard to give up those things. Yes. So I think that's the problem of like. I, I think it's I think about that too with like people who have seizures but they're not common enough that they can get because it's like six months after you have a seizure you can't right. drive but right. after the six months they let you drive which I'm just like I don't know maybe she's just I mean just join us like we are happy to have all the epileptic people in our camp like <laughs> yes we can all chill but like no problem with that but like some people 
just are not going to be able to drive. And I always worry about, like, friends who, like, have had seizures because they can come back. And, like, it's just, like, you never know. And, like, with losing vision, it's the same thing. Like, what if this is a really bad vision day and you don't find out until you're driving? Like, it's Right, what happens? I mean, what if you get pulled over, you know, and you have to try and explain to the officer. Like, I'm going blind, but, yeah, I decided I still want to drive. But, yeah, but I'm totally fine. I guess, yeah, it's a good, it's a good driving day. Yeah, yeah. Then, then what happens? Yeah, it's. it's, And the bicycle is just like you oh. can so like I get worried just about people on bicycles that could see it's it can be dangerous mm-hmm. given cars mm-hmm. and in this country we don't have very good bike lanes like new no. I mean even in, even in Portland where bike lanes are prevalent uh people ride on the sidewalk people there are accidents, well, there are accidents I mean, yeah. yeah it's still it like you know I I do find some comfort knowing when my friends are biking that they are sighted because I'm like okay well you would have more ability to bike than I do (laughs) like you're probably safer because you can see but like it's I think it's just one of those things where there's at a certain point you're like is your vision more important than your life is Mm -hmm. kind of what that feels Mm -hmm. like at a certain point because it's just like you are asserting that you still have some vision by biking, but you can also right. die. Like, right. And so it's just like, is it worth risking your life? And is it worth also the psychological trauma of like every night going to bed thinking like, if I'm going to bike tomorrow, this could be the day that mm-hmm. I die. Like, right. you know, like and it just seems so burdensome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I mean, and I'm sure night biking and night driving are totally off the table now for, for him. I would hope so. I, I don't 100% know, but... I would think they are considering yeah, cause he's how his eyes losing, work. Cause he, um, they talk a lot about it in the movie uh, mm-hmm. that uh, what is basically happening is his optic nerve is what is most affected. Yes. And so it has a lot to do with like the ability to process mm-hmm. what is coming in. So it's more mm-hmm. the kind of, it's not fully cognitive because it's your optic nerve, but it's kind of like not just the like like the retina is just basically like the camera mm-hmm. projector this, thing yeah i mean <laughs> or the I, lens i guess this was an inc- this is an incredibly educational documentary i learned so much about eyes and brains and about what these conditions actually are and how they actually it's affect so your brain. Because I've been doing a project where I've been reading a lot about like blindness and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I know this. Come on, guys. We all know this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, you're right. It is good to have that I'm, in there. Yeah, I'm glad it's there. Uh, there There's also really excellently done and accurate uh, visual portrayals of what is going on with his eyes or what someone with glaucoma might see or what someone with cataracts might see or yeah uh, yeah it's interesting they they did have and actually the amd one for the age or is it armd for some reason in my head it's just amd for age-related macular degeneration <laughs> but um but that one actually because I've seen so many diagrams and it always bothers me when they'll just have a black hole mm-hmm. where your central vision is and it's just like people do not understand what it actually is like to not have central vision like that's yeah. not what it looks like and they no. did a better job of just kind of like blurring it mm-hmm. but it's still I think it takes a lot of work the experiential thing of vision is different than just like a camera filter for a shot but I do think that like it is cool to get to see the different them trying to explain the different vision things and I think it was just because I was been reading so much about it recently that I was like okay okay I get it I get it I want to see the people but like you're you are correct it is a cool thing to be in there (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah well and and the people that he meets are so awesome they're so fascinated uh we, we meet um 
uh, an artist living in New York and uh, what how she's doing art Who's named art Jessica therapy. Jones, which is so, yes. so distracting yes. I'm to just me. like, oh my God, your name is Jessica Jones. That's was, amazing. <laughs> it's the I was just, name. It made me sad, though, because Jessica Jones is a very tragic character, mm-hmm. <laughs> the superhero one. True, um, true. <laughs> but yeah, this, her, she was a lot less um, just overall triggering and depressing yes. as a character. There was, there was no purple man that we had to deal with, <laughs> yeah, so it was okay. <laughs> the most psychopathic David oh Tennant role God. of all time. But... Such a good show, though. Oh my God. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, she is. She's living in the city on her own. She has a, an awesome guide dog, and uh, yeah, she she is doing art therapy for kids with disabilities. Yeah, and uh, she's. It, yeah, she was really cool. There was a lot of like talking about how she was inspirational, which made me a little sad. That was a little cringy. It was a little. Yeah. It was like yeah. 2010. I think that. There wasn't really, not that right now anyone knows what to do for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people know it's what's the right way to portray disabled people, but sadly not that many. Um, well, but, even, even she used, you know, inspiring yeah, language yeah, to talk she, about her own kids. And I'm just kind of like, mm, Yeah, okay, I know. Well, it was just kind of like a weird perpetuating it thing. Right. Well, I mean, and, and it's not wrong to say you are inspired by someone or ins- someone inspires you. Right. But uh, it's... It's just it's, used as a way of, like, you wouldn't say that about an able child doing right, art. Right, exa- exactly. And so then exactly. just by dint of their existence, just trying to, like, do what everyone else is doing <laughs> makes them inspiring. Is like, says something about the society we live in, mm-hmm. that it can't just be normal for people to do normal shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I was I was tearing up when she took when she took her kids to the museum, and they got to go to the Egyptian gallery and touch all of this beautiful tactile art i mean oh i i want to do that it made me really sad actually because i like literally did like claymation stuff with kids and the even though they weren't blind kids like she was like teaching them clay like to make things with clay and i actually was like got truly sad (laughs) watching it because i missed it so much i was laid off from that job and it was like something i loved so much i miss it all Mm -hmm. the time um Mm -hmm. so that yeah, that made yeah. me sad. But yeah, but it is, it is still a cool. Th- I feel really bad for them now. I'm sure because mm-hmm. I think she. I looked at some thing in 2017. They said she was still working with kids and oh, doing that's that so stuff. Oh, that's so cool. So, nice. but yeah, I wonder now how COVID is affecting that. She's doing now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, she has her own art on the side. She she does photography. Uh, yeah, but it's just sad because you can't know. teach kids as easily. No. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's really a bummer, especially blind kids. Like that's mm-hmm. even like if I couldn't teach kids, um, sighted kids, I don't, I can't imagine how you would teach blind kids over Zoom, mm-hmm. like how to right. do like claymation. Ugh. Or it's, she doesn't do claymation; she just does clay sculptures. sculptures yeah. But like, but still, still, yeah, yeah, it's very. It would be really difficult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's just a sad that that part may be sad, but you know, just for missing getting to do that mm-hmm. um but yeah she was she was really cool i think like yeah the i mean all the people we meet actually i i really liked them i think mm-hmm. they were they <laughs> they kind of were like more able to handle um the 
being blind in some way. Like, I think all yeah. they he, they were all able to relate to him in different ways, right, which right. I thought was kind of cool. Um, but, but some of them had, like, I think been in their blindness a little more mm-hmm. or, were, or had maybe just had a more unequivocal, like, you're blind now. And so they had, like, either went through a process of coping or mm-hmm. were at least at a part where they could start coping, whereas I never felt like he got to that place because right. he was just constantly but trying to fix his eyes. I think maybe he's slowly getting there because I think yeah. talking with each each of these people I would hope it would make him feel more comfortable and more accepting and let him know that yeah there's uh there's another there's another side to this right and that it, it's not right you're gonna lose something eventually he will lose all of his vision it's I personally yeah. no matter how many surgeries happen I think it's inevitable that he's going to he has or is going to lose most or right. all of his vision but to know that there is another side to it and that there's something waiting for you Right. You don't have to stop doing what you love just because one of your senses is gone. Right. And that like you, it's just, that's why it felt so bad for him. Because I was just like, dealing with eye doctors is a fucking pain in the ass. And that's you, like, no one would ugh, want to do that. That's like 40% of this documentary is, <laughs> yeah, is him his dealing eye with appointments. Eye doctors. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, and the, oh yeah. And I was really worried about you for some of that stuff because it's uh, very I couldn't, I graphic. can't tell you what happened because I started laughing uncontrollably and couldn't watch. <laughs> yeah, well, I can... I'll fill in the... Oh, good. <laughs> the blind spots. That's what I um, it, And then he was just constantly, like, going to the eye doctor, and then he would be like, okay, for two weeks, but then something would happen. He would both get... have worse vision and be in um, mass amounts of pain mm-hmm. after, like, a couple weeks, so... Um, and then turn around and go through the whole thing again when you could just let your eyes do what they're gonna do (laughs) yeah yeah it is it was yeah I think that was a very hard thing watching it to think about because you also was like why is meeting all these blind people who are coping not doing more to make you just kind of let go Mm. I don't know yeah I wish I wish I had a better answer, a more concrete answer, and I. Well, I mean, we can't really answer yeah. that question. Mm-mm. I mean, it's a hard. I mean, I think yeah, it is also difficult. Like that is something that we don't have the perspective of of what it is like to lose your vision when you're older and you've already had mm-hmm. a lot of things that feel comfortable and that you do with your vision. And even though we actually had a lot of a lot of the people he talks to in the movie did lose their sight as adults. Yeah, yeah. Like, we really only... Actually, yes. We had, like, there's a father and son that both have... Albinism. um, Albinism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they, um, I think, both lost their sight at a young age um, or started losing sight at a young age. Well, he... um, Ethan is the the son's name, but his dad talks about how he still has remnants of vision and that he'll use it uh, to figure out like location right. like where spatially well, where he is because it's similar to my vision so and right, i already right. knew that going in like that that mm-hmm. that a lot of time albinism causes similar to my vision mm-hmm. problem so right. yeah yeah i really but to he that won't but in in every other res, you know respect uh of his aspect of his day uh he he's blind I mean, well, he, right, he, he can't do a lot. I related a lot to the way they were kind of yeah. framing it, though it made me really sad because I was like, oh, they like, he was like, yeah, when I, you were a kid, we'd be like asking about the colors of the cars and we're like monitoring it. And I was like, oh, that was not a thing that I got, oh. uh, which, you know, I think my family was very 
like they didn't know to look out for. But I mean, at least my grandfather did was blind. So I think it was something that like didn't definitely cross their mind. But there wasn't. But since he was never diagnosed in his lifetime, like I think they didn't know what to think as in the same way that like having a diagnosis of what's going on probably helped in them like thinking okay like it's likely that he'll have eye problems and so you can like monitor it from day one but it did me I was like oh that's so sweet and it's so sweet that his dad has the same condition it was just like yes they like can, yeah. they, they can go through it together they can they can be there for each other I was like I want yeah. this I also I like because I never met, got to be my grandfather, and, and like it skips a generation most of the time. So I was like, oh, I want to have a kid as Stargard. That'd be so great. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> actually, I one of my first jobs when I was in college, uh, working at the cafeteria, uh, Gavin, he was the payroll guy. Uh, he had albinism and nice. saw uh, had much of the same vision like me. Nice. So, that's cool. It was nice to have someone on the inside who I could talk to who knew what I was going through. I love that. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. always great when he's, there's another blind person. He's a cool dude. Um, Shout out to Gavin. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were they were very cute. Um, the two of them. I I like them. I don't remember why. Um, oh, oh, right. He's the one. The Ethan, the kid, is the mm-hmm. one person, and probably. Do you remember his dad's name? I don't think they ever said it. I don't. They might not or if have. they did, it was only said once. Um, but yeah, the, the I think both of them went blind um, at a younger age. So mm. so they but they I think are the only ones that did. I think everyone else was an adult when they went mm. blind because we have a a um, veteran mm. from the Gulf, some part from, of the Gulf War, from the Iraq War. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he. Uh, is that like a rehabilitation which was another interesting thing that I didn't realize was that like blindness is one of the more common yeah I had no idea I mean I just assumed like obviously loss of life or loss of limbs but I didn't even think oh right really common yeah 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 which is really because we've had a few movies where people I was like do people go blind from the war that often apparently actually they (laughs) probably more often than like in movies the flipping (laughs) shrapnel and everything yeah Yeah. that's how he Which lost I guess makes his vision. Sense. They're just such a they're so sensitive the mm-hmm. <laughs> area. <laughs> Which is why like I do not pity I, I pity sighted people so worried about these little fragile ass shit, like little things that could get hurt so easily and then you have to like <laughs> completely change your whole life. It's much nicer to get to change your whole life from the beginning and then just you know, then it's fine. <laughs> you going. don't have to worry about it. Yeah. 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 Um but <laughs> Well we um we get to we get to go out on a on a a, a mobility lesson with uh, okay. with him and yeah because uh, he's Joseph. like it's like no eyesight at all right right and so he's got his cane and he's just doing his thing but I loved 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 his explanation about uh, how people just stare at him because they think that he's lost or they think that he's yeah. he doesn't know where the hell he is and he's like no I know I need. I usually I know exactly where I am, but I have to figure it out first. Right. And this is my way. This is a blind man's way of walking the world and figuring it out. And actually, do yeah. you want to do a clip? Oh, my God. I, yes. I, that was a really good one it's, that I thought about. He has he has a really great explanation. Yeah. 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 You know, you were being great about telling me, you know, what you were doing. But uh, you lost your concentration having to spend time with me. I did. I did. I know. And I, you know. <clears throat> I don't usually, I, I don't mess up very, very often. I, I'm gonna look lost, I'm blind. I mean, I'm, I'm tapping things and, 
and, and stuff, but I'm really not. That, and that's what people, people who are sighted, you can see they're like looking at you. They're like, what is he doing? <laughs> he needs help. Right, why is he tapping that building? Why is he turning around? They have no understanding. They are, they're not educated. And you're just trying to orient yourself. And I'm orient, yeah. You, know, you see me realign, I'll go back, I'll check it, and I'll come back. Steve approaches a diner and feels for the door. <laughs> this is uh, this is the uh, end point. This is where I was supposed to get. It was it was just really nice to hear that explanation and ha yeah. have it worded so well. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that. I know when I'm on the streets, being you know, looking to at decided people like I'm lost or like I'm being weird. I'm, I'm usually not. Right. Well, I think that's the thing that's so hard to explain to people because I think people like they want to be have something actionable and you can always I mean like you can ask someone if they need help but sure yeah but like it is it's hard because it's also like you don't you you should always ask before you help someone you know don't just do it when you haven't asked ever um but like also sometimes what yeah what we what looks like struggle to us to someone yeah to a sighted person like he says um is not and so it is really hard to like communicate when like you might actually be lost too like because i think that part of it is it's just a weird i don't know i i, I think about that a lot of like sometimes i'm at an airport and i can't find um oh. <laughs> like because i can't find where i'm going but i also can't find anyone to ask yep. and so yep. you're in this and that happens a decent amount of yep. times and it's like an impossible situation but then also when i'm just walking on the street and i might look lost or run around i am trying actively to like portray to sighted people that I'm not lost and I don't want yes. you to come up to me because I actually don't want to have to bother telling you like I don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> I will usually uh, take out my phone and like hold it in my hand and pretend to look at the phone but what I'm actually trying to do is orient myself because usually people will leave me alone but before I got the cane it was tremendously hard because I would stop and stare at a street sign or stare at a building or stare yeah. at a, a landmark or something and people would I, I've had so many people come up to me and just uh, are you high like what Ugh. what's what's going on you know I uh, just never assume someone's you, high because yeah. you're probably a disabled person and that's probably <laughs> is going to ruin their entire week also, so like don't do that if I were high my eyes wouldn't be moving back and forth because the marijuana makes it so my optic nerve isn't as stressed out <laughs> that's my tell my my eyes are stone cold not moving that's <laughs> <laughs> so i'm definitely not high <laughs> yeah it's um like wait so if you are high your mm -hmm. eyes would they be don't moving? they don't move or would it no they, they are steady right yeah they look like quote unquote but actually i don't right. want to say normal they look like eyes without nystagmus which is what i have oh okay yeah because it it um just uh relaxes everything so my mm. optic nerves don't have to work as hard if you're high. If I'm high. Yeah. Now, I can't see. I can't butt. see any better, but I feel better. <laughs> I, I'm not in constant. Um, I'm not in pain, which is nice. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. Um, yeah. I mean, also, it's just like it's. Yeah. It, the whole there's so many reasons why that's just a shitty thing to do to assume anything about someone. But also, mm -hmm. like, I think it is it is a really hard thing because 
there are like disabled people just have to do things differently and mm-hmm. and it's and there's nothing wrong with that no, and we also no, don't give a no. fuck that we have to do things differently mm-hmm. but it's just very hard when we have to constantly explain to other people that this is not a problem for us well it's just, it's just <laughs> and, and, and being in, in it even happens in like inclusive space you know and mm-hmm. you're it's only inclusive until someone does something so different, different yes, that then, then people you. are like then people are like wait why aren't you doing it this way or right or, right right you know one is oh man i went with with my cousin to karaoke at this really cute little place which i'm sure has been lost to COVID, unfortunately mm-hmm. but it was this really cute little place and their screen i love karaokeing but i can only go a few places because i can go to voice box and that's it because i can get yeah. all right up in the screen yeah space. yeah you got it you got to get nose to nose with it well um, I didn't know the, the KJ very well, so I wasn't really have to ask like, "Hey, can you just change your entire setup?" You to, gotta like, befriend your me? KJ. And I know. Make it accessible. And back home, I well, I am friends with a couple of the KJs back home, so like it's no problem. Uh, anyway, I decided uh, it would be easier if I looked at the lyrics for the, whatever song I was singing on my phone. And I was like, "No worries, I can keep up with this and listen to the music. It's fine." Well. You can't. I can't. It didn't work. It was it was very humiliating. Mm. Uh, but it what was worse was the people in the crowd kept screaming, "Look at the screen! Look at the screen! The words are on the screen." Yeah, that's like, why, why I would never do that because that's why like, the exactly hell? what I envisioned. Yeah, it it's would like, happen. What the hell are you doing? Why? You know and. You're like, do I have to come in and start by saying, first of all, this is inaccessible to me, so I'm already annoyed, but right. also now I have to look at my screen. I am blind. If you yell at me to look at the screen, I can't. Right, and so that's, right. fuck so, you. Yeah, so I the song ended and I got out of there and I sat back down with my cousin and I'm just like, well, I tried and it didn't work. And she's like, yeah, I could tell. So That's she, like a terrible experience, though. It, it was pretty terrible. But so she, unvalidating. She's, yeah. She's friends with the KJ, though. So we did get the setup changed That's around, good. which was really nice. But That's, yeah, yeah I, I went back to the bar to get a drink after it had happened. And this guy, and I, of course, I had my cane by then. And this guy stops me and he's like, oh, my God. I had no, I, I didn't know. I And it was like, you were one of the ones that were yelling because it was a small place. And I was like, you know, that was you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I just didn't know. Like, I, I didn't know. I just thought you. That's why I never uh, yell at someone because they're doing yeah. something differently. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just like, no, no, it's, you know, it's fine. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And I got my drink. And I was sitting at the back of the table with my cousin. We had that discussion. I'm like, you know, they say it's inclusive space. But yeah, when, you know, I did that, you know, I had an entire audience screaming at the top of their lungs at me. And I'm just like, like you're stupid and you don't uh, right, know the screen is there. Right. And I'm like this. Oh, boy. This makes me never want to come back to this place anymore. Yeah. And I didn't. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, that's the problem. And like, I get so frustrated. It's so hard with this stuff because it's just not talked about. No one. People just always don't assume that you have a disability like so much mm. of my life I'm like someone will be mad about something I'm like doesn't seem like it's affecting you and also this is a disability that could explain why they're acting right. this way right. so maybe they have a disability and you're the asshole <laughs> yeah well and Joseph Joseph talks about a little bit about like passing and yeah. some, some of the other some of the folks that he interviews talks talk about passing and it's, it's yeah. like yeah yeah um, you can pass until you can't <laughs> the woman uh was her name Pat I think so. I yeah. think, yeah, she works, she worked at the VA, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that was her whole job. And she is now. And she was so sweet. Yeah. I, my heart broke for her. Like, oh my God, she I was loved just her. Like, she was such a sweet person. 
And it just made me sad because I'm like, oh, you are like the kind of just sweet person that just like that blind people are where you feel like you can't ask for anything like and it just made me so sad because she like just hid her blindness Mm -hmm. and um like was worked in hospitals so like Mm -hmm. as someone who I mean honestly though because of COVID and right after getting my job I haven't really had to do too much of this but uh, I my job technically is also in hospitals and that is the biggest fear of mine is that like they're the stupidest design places they're extremely inaccessible for blind people and she was describing oh god now I feel like we should play that clip too that was a good one too it's a really good clip (laughs) it's really good okay you were reluctant at first First, to learn new technology and yes to, and, I was and to learn yes know, I was to take rehabilitative training yes I was <laughs> <laughs> so what changed the fear it's a fear factor and when you have that fear factor there and you don't go beyond that fear it really does keep you back it keeps you in the holding place Pat crosses a busy New York street unassisted <laughs> willing to carry a cane but not yet willing to use it regularly, Pat gets into embarrassing situations. When I go to another hospital, I'm lost. <laughs> North, east, west, south, go over here, go over there, and they're telling me all these places. I'm like, I don't know where I am. I get up the elevator, they say go down to the left, go this way, go that way, and I can't see the signs, so I'm really at a disadvantage. What is it about the cane that makes people not want to use it? It's not the cane itself is what it represents. It's telling people that I'm blind. I feel vulnerable that someone's gonna wanna hurt me, rip me off. And has that been your experience? Has that happened to you? No, it's never happened. Is part of it wanting to pass as a sighted person? Definitely. It's one in the past. Wow, that's deep. That's really deep. Because you do, you know, even from children, we want to be normal. We want to look like everybody else. We want to blend in. I don't want to be identified as a blind person. And I am one of those people because I can't see the, the crosswalk. I can't see the when it says walk, don't walk. Yeah, we're just showing the clip in the middle, when we, kind of when we first meet her, that clip is. But um, in the end, she's starts to like come out more as a blind person and mm-hmm. and, and does like a little thing for the other like people who work at the VA yeah. about um, blindness she's and stuff. She's actually leading workshops and seminars about about blindness and Yeah, it's actually most of our people mm-hmm. do that in one way or another. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he uh, uh, Joseph talks to a gentleman in New Jersey who uh, works with a guide dog and then realized that only a very very small percentage of blind folks actually use dogs and that's just crazy to him because his dog really opened up his life and gave him a greater sense of mobility so he runs a a school for humans uh and uh trying to get them acclimated the seeing eye yeah that's it the seeing eye yeah and he's trying to get them acclimated to life with a dog yeah or like convince them to get one right this is what it can feel like yeah yeah to, to have a dog though the this is the saddest thing is i was looking at all the updates mm. for people and his was that he was 
um, fired from CI and is now suing them for sexual orientation discrimination. Oh, no. Which is, like, really upsetting. That is really awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, wow. Fucking sucks. That and his story was, suck. like, really awful. It was, like, I just wish someone... Like, because he was like especially and this was all in the past but he like pushed back so hard on mm. being a blind person and like was like really really depressed and like suicidal and 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 then I was just like if you just had better if we had like a better society none of this had to happen like you can still live a perfectly happy life mm-hmm. as a blind person mm-hmm. like and he had been going blind his whole life and so I mean of course for me I was like oh god yeah. this is really hard to hear because yes. like it's that was what happened to me mm-hmm. it took them way too long to diagnose him and but he pushed back way more than I did I think but like it was still just like god if we had a better society he wouldn't have had to go through all that mm-hmm. but well, and it, that and man, I just I wish it was easier to get dogs because yeah. I've yeah, you yeah, hear you hear stories. Yeah, because you hear stories about about people who don't work out with dogs and it happens. Yeah. Dogs aren't for everybody. But well, also not every dog is for every person. Yeah. yeah. But we would have so it, it would just be so much nicer if the process and the opportunities were. Yeah, were easier and were and there. that they that's like really like ups like super upsetting it makes me really concerned about well at least that specific school because mm-hmm. um, well, that's fucked up yes oh no that's all kinds of fucked up that's that's fuck that that is really awful um, yeah makes me really mad but I mean yeah it's you have to jump through so many hoops I'm not saying they should be handing out dogs like candy like I think people should go through the training no, but it should be, you know it should be but, easier it should be I mean, I think it's just the lack of dogs. Like, it just mm. takes a lot of money and no one... And they're not funded by the government. They're just, like... Right. These, right. And they also, because they're not funded by the government, that's probably why they, like, can do shit, like, do sexual orientation discrimination mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. that much repercussions. Like... Yeah. I mean, they're, it, it's all... They're it's all, all unregulated. Private groups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck private groups. It should... The government should just be have any blind person if they want a dog should be able to access one Mm -hmm. but no that's not how our country works um yeah it's really it is depressing i think it's like wait is it one tenth i think he says how many but one tenth is the thing in my head yeah that sounds right um yeah but yeah it's just a such a small small sliver of the blind population that has has a dog or has access to i mean because yeah it's also really prohibitive to train them like you yeah like you have to take four weeks off your life and then like off your life it's not (laughs) how i meant to you know dog could technically add like 40 years on your life like my grandfather died falling down a flight of stairs he wouldn't he would be you know you know, can give you a whole lot of years of life, definitely. So that's not what I mean at all. But like, you have to go away for four weeks. So like, it's weirdly like, they just assume blind people don't have anything better to do, I think is probably what it is. But like, it doesn't make it easy for you to like, train them. So you have to like have the time to be able to do it. It's like a really long waitlist process. And like, there's all these requirements, like you have to do mobility training already too, which is something right. that because I didn't do, I would have to figure out. Well, and, and uh, there just are not that many schools in the country. I mean, there's, yeah. especially, you know, I, I living in Alaska, I did know one or two, I knew a few people who had guide dogs, Yeah, but they got their dogs obviously not in alaska right they had to fly out somewhere Mm -hmm. and i don't know if the school pays for that i think they're supposed to Mm. um that would be correct i mean that sounds yeah 
I mean, you know, you never know and practice what things happen, but I believe they, from what I can, what I know about it, they do actually do that. Um, but yeah, it is still like, it is, you know, it's really hard. I've like been thinking more and more about wanting to get one, but oh, it is just the I, process yeah. is really difficult. Right. To I mean, there. I want to start, I do, I want to start the process now. Uh, yeah, I like was trying to... I need to, like, give them a call because I was, like, trying to fill out an application online and mm. then it kept, like, saying, like, it kept giving me an error and then, like, oh. and then I had no idea what was going on and there was all sorts of weird things with it. So I was like, I guess I have to call in. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just a bunch of hoops you got to jump through and, um, yeah, it definitely makes it harder to get dogs so that would be a cool thing but but they fucking fired him so yeah god that's awful it's really upsetting it's just really terrible it's really bad yeah um yeah a lot of the updates were like doing the same stuff which is like okay cool but that also like Mm. such a sad oh yeah Mm. makes me so mad um but yeah it is really like it's hard. It's interesting, yeah, that we had multiple people, the two of, we had two people who were blind teachers, actually, like, te- mm-hmm. people who worked in uh, blind, because we were Jessica Jones and him, and then we also have someone who works at the VA, so. Mm-hmm. Pat. Yeah. yeah. Pat, who works at the VA, yeah. But which, I guess it's kind of cool to see some people with jobs, because that's, <laughs> like, not as common. Um, but like yeah. to see and I mean jobs that they love yeah and there, there are jobs they're doing jobs that are uh, heightened and they can do these jobs because of their disability right they're better at their jobs right. than an abled person would be mm-hmm. but you still see so much like discrimination in the real world and they I mean I think some of the accessibility technology stuff they talk a lot about it in different parts of the movie which I like that part of it because they do show different ways you can use a computer and it's 2010 so I was like oh it's all so 2010 oh, and it's, everything it's like, is oh, so 2010 look at all these it's so antiquated and quaint but it's funny because yeah. it's like mostly what's antiquated is when the screen is so big you can actually see the operating system you're like oh that yes. looks old but that's yes. what looks old is the things that are not blind related is the operating <laughs> systems are just big enough I could see them I I not gonna lie, I couldn't help uh, checking out that wall of CCTVs and just kind of salivating just a little bit. Mm. I know they're so expensive. Give it to me, yeah. Luckily for me, the CCTVs are not helpful. <laughs> oh God, I had one in college. Oh, oh, it was wonderful. I was, and I could do everything under that CCTV. Like I blew the my vision teachers for a loop because I can write under a CCTV. I can just put my paper and my pen and just look at the screen and just write things. And a- oh. apparently that's really hard to do. And I'm like, I don't, is I it? don't understand how hard it is. It's it's very simple. Yeah. That's interesting. It seems like it would be hard because I am left-handed. So mm. just cover up everything. I don't, can left pe- left-handed people who can see, can they see what they're writing? Uh, yes. Can Maybe. They? I don't know. I've never had to write left-handed before. I've never been able to write oh, right-handed, but I think left-hand people can't see what they're writing, so it wouldn't make any difference to me. <laughs> I still, it's still not accessible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's this. It was this big honking thing. I had to have a separate desk in my room for the CCTV because it, oh it was just took up so much space. And now I see the the ones behind him, and they're so small i mean there's friggin' you can get you can get pocket cctv wait what's now. the point of it if they're small well the they they don't have as bi- they don't have such a big like footprint 
Um, but the screen is still no, the big? screen. The screen is still big. Okay, and it still zooms in. Yeah. Okay. They're just the footprint is smaller, which is what I would be looking for because oh. I don't have the room for a CCTV to take up more than half my desk. Yeah, but you still need the screen because for me, I sure. need the screen to be so big yeah. for it to see anything. Yeah. So. I'm like, it's always that weird thing of like, I don't have a lot of room and I don't want a mm-hmm. fucking giant ass thing in my mm-hmm. room. But at the same time, it's useless if it's not giant. So there's oh, that trade off. It was, yeah. Oh my God. It was so nice. I read comic books. I read so many comic books. I read any book I wanted to read. I wrote, I did, yeah, I did everything. I mean, I read, uh, I read the entirety of Watchmen on my CCTV. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> I looked at the first page and I was like, uh, so no. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, no, it's difficult. I'll watch the HBO difficult. series in 10 years when it comes out, is what I said. Yeah. Um. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, there's a really great motion comic that I have. I CCTVs are too expensive. And the thing mm-hmm. is, I can't. They are probably better for comics because of the way that because having panels are a lot easier mm-hmm. to view that way. I think that would probably be the one thing I would use them for. But like a book is it's useless because like I can't track things. Like it's just it's just a so painful right, to right. even bother trying with yeah, that. Yeah, I could read longer and faster on a CCTV. Right. It's but but makes... but, my, but we have different you know yeah, eyes yeah, are different. Yeah. So yeah. But that makes sense. Yeah, for me it would just like be so painful to try to read. Because I would be like, because I there's no book in the world that has a line short enough for me to look at it mm-hmm. all at one time. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like look at a third of the line at most, basically <laughs> at one time. So I'm just like yep. going back and forth with every line, and it's the most like painful <laughs> and upsetting process. Oh. So I just like at a very young age, just like no, I'm not gonna fucking do that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my my CCTV in college broke anyway. Oh. Um, it did not like being transported from. Fairbanks to Anchorage. They're, well, they're so prohibitively yeah. expensive, and it's just like really frustrating because it's like both a captive market, but I'm also like it's also yep. a market that's like extremely unfairly underemployed. Yeah, so I yeah. don't even know how the, they like. I mean, that freaking device costs like thirty two thousand dollars, and I'm just like, there's no way we can afford to get one. Also, if you think about, it's not that hard. To it's make. not it that hard to make. That hard. No, it's a it's a camera with a goddamn tray that moves underneath it and a screen yeah it's That's just bullshit it. That's it's all just, it is yeah i wish like there should be a law that just is like you have to make these two i mean we can't <laughs> even do this with fucking like insulin so what well, mm-hmm. i don't expect mm-hmm. the u.s to be able to like do this anytime soon but like it's fucking it's truly ableist that we don't have a law that's like you can't make this shit so expensive for people it's it's like beyond a disabled tax it's like you know just robbery it's disabled robbery oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> like yeah. it's just completely yep. unfair yep. and and it should not be coming out of our pockets ever but like yeah they're not that expensive to make but you know we're a small enough group that people are like well if you want us to make it we have to make it so expensive no one can really afford it <laughs> um but yeah it's um really really annoying mm-hmm. um they but, but yeah I'm, I'm hoping that because he doesn't he doesn't necessarily purchase one in the documentary but i'm hoping that maybe now maybe now at least joseph has one or is using yeah, one has access to one they go to like the low vision it's interesting some one of the arguments of the documentary is like we should have like eye doctors which is it is true that they don't mm-hmm. do this always and they should that eye doctors should be referring people out to low vision as much as they are yeah. to like specialists yeah. and stuff well because 
taking when he was taking uh, Joseph around through the through his little tool area, and he's got like the keyboard caps, and Joseph is freaking out, like, "Oh my god, it looks these, bigger!" The, the keyboard, like, how much does this cost? And and he's just like, "It's literally just stickers that I've put on a keyboard." Like, and, and I'm yeah, just, that's... I'm just sitting there thinking, "Holy shit!" He does. He has no idea what a keyboard cover is or what keycaps <laughs> are. Oh my god! But but I didn't either. I didn't start using keycaps and keyboard covers until I was in high school. Yeah. We didn't know that that was a thing. Well, yeah, you don't have a lot of these things. But I think like, yeah, it was I feel like at some point I was given those things. But one of the frustrating things for me was so many of them. I was like, how am I going to use this? Like, Mm -hmm. I actually didn't have that many experiences of like, oh, this really changes my life. Like most of the stuff was like iPhone settings that really like and I even knew about them but I just felt before it was diagnosed I felt weirdly judged about Mm -hmm. them and so I didn't use them and then when I was blind I was like yes I'm gonna turn on all the accessibility (laughs) features it's the best day of my life um but like that was about it I mean like most of the stuff like doesn't didn't help at all and it's like because and it's really bizarre because I've been to stuff recently like recently I went more recently not as a child like in Portland I was doing stuff with the commission for the blind and I went to their like technology low vision specialist and the guy was showing me all the different stuff and I was like yeah it doesn't really work because I have no central vision and he kept being like yeah these don't really work for people with no central vision and in the end he was like yeah nothing that we have really is that helpful for people with no central which I was like thank you for like validating me here but he was like Mm -hmm. yeah most people without central vision get annoyed with all of these and they don't help them and so you are correct (laughs) at this point to say that and in the end it was just like well so there's not really anything that's helpful and like that to me I'm like so I always part of me it's just like why the fuck is that the case like why is there nothing helpful to me like it's mostly just like I guess talking stuff but I don't need anything other than my phone to talk to me right like what would I need like I don't have things that I can see like my phone has the time mm-hmm. like you know what do things what are the really the talking well, and things I've, I've memorized most of the stuff I use by feeling anyway like yes right, exactly. I'm using I'm using talking and voice more than I I used to because it's there and it, yeah, and it me too. makes everything easier but I mean my I don't have keyboard caps on my computer my computer keyboard actually lights up on its own anyway right and I've just by you know feeling and by living with keyboards all my life I can just I know where all the keys are right exactly I just learned how to yeah type. like I'm still a slow ass typer but I know where yeah, all the too. keys are yeah so so I'm not necessarily using that anymore and I I I have a, a little collection of magnifying glasses that I do use every so often. But as far as comics now and reading books, um, I'm either going to try and find it in large print or I'm going to find it on, in an audiobook. Right, exactly. Oh, and, just audiobooks. Right. And comics, I've just fully moved over to reading digital. Uh, yeah. As, as much as, like, totally support your brick and mortar comic shops because you should. But digital comics just make so much more sense for me it's there's so much more easier to read this is also kind of a weird thing that bothers me is it's like like i don't know the answer is but it gets me sad that we don't get to support local shops like and i I don't know know what the answer is but i'm just sad about it like it's just like a it's a very (laughs) depressing thing (laughs) well the answer is usually comic shops have really cool merch so Go buy well, some there you merch. Go, yeah. yeah, go I buy go buy true. something or but it's just you know a gift for. But somebody. it's also like when you're reading. I mean, you want authors to be able to get the money mm-hmm. from the things oh, you're buying somehow. Yes. But yeah. I think it. Yeah, there's just I want there to be like 
now I have a little bit of a thing about, about this, but like there should be <laughs> other ways where we get to support those same businesses mm-hmm. because it's like it's like a weird thing of just like it feels really good to get to help out a local mm-hmm. business and and there's not. And, like, I think it is just more healthy for our society, but then it's, and we talk about this, but then there's never a real discussion of, like, okay, but, like, how do disabled people who don't have the option get to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we make it easier also for disabled people as a society? But that kind of involves, like, as a really holistically as a society, as making that a priority, which is obviously not what's happening even remotely right now. Um, so that's part of the problem. Um, but I don't know. It's just been making me sad because it's also, like, just thinking about supporting local businesses right now. It's just such an important issue to think about. And I'm like, you know, with food, we can do that. But like, it is kind of sad that we can't support local businesses when it comes to books, like comics and and reading and stuff like that. Because I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it makes me want a different system or just like, or I don't know, just like, I want this stuff, these issues to be more common so that there are alternatives and that there is ways we can still support our community. Yeah. I mean, because I want to support and I'm sure there are loads of disabled people who would love to support and it it would just be nice to have our existence acknowledged in these things. I mean, I'm, I, we're, we're disabled and we love comics. I'm disabled and I love video games, but that community is so hard to get into i mean for yeah. for women also but but right, yeah when you disabled woman, blind right, woman right fun, when, fun. when you want to be involved and and communicate with this community that has no desire to to acknowledge your existence and uh will never do that or at least I, won't I'm, now right i mean i was thinking and it, and some of it is just so little tweaks that could be added you know make a make it so that your game can have larger text i mean for me no. that's what i that's really the only thing well so that's read everything thing. have a way to read every single text thing. right don't right. rely on text if your game isn't voice acted which yeah. it should be but if it isn't uh i don't care if it's if it's a mechanical voice I, but if i could have the text read to me that would be awesome yeah um I wish <laughs> I wish games had audio description. Yeah. That would be really cool. Could you imagine fighting a boss fight and you know, um, I don't know if you're playing like Legend of Zelda or whatever. Like Ganondorf approaches Link with like a, a, a uppercut or from the right or something, and you as a player could know, okay, that's you know that's what's coming. I have time to plan for that. We should. There should be like those old, those super old school um, RPG games on the computers that are all text. Oh, they text, should just do that. Text adventures. Yeah. Yeah. They should just do that with only voice, and then you have like mm-hmm. buttons, like that you can. Yeah. Like, four oh, buttons exactly. For a choice. Well, that's so. One of my one of my blind friends that I made at at summer camp. Uh, he loved text adventures because he could get his computer to read it to him. Oh, And so nice. that's just how he played. So he introduced me to the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, my, text adventure, which is fabulous. that's what my fabulous. mom would always play us, Yeah. It's a great game. One of my parents. It's, oh, it's Probably so my mom. Good. She loves Hitchhiker's Guide. It's so good. Um, yeah. yeah. But you can – that's a game you could totally play. There's another studio. I don't know if they still exist because this is years when I found out about them. But there's another gaming studio called Audio Adrenaline that is Ooh. specifically making games. For, for blind, blind people, people. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's it's cool i think it is also like there's that kind of combination of like segregating it is not 
the shouldn't be the end result, mm-hmm. but it should be that we have games that are made specifically for us, but also we have games that are audio described. But that are just accessible. <laughs> yeah, just, just making yeah. It, all games accessible for yeah. people who want to play them. But like so few things are accessible. It's not seen as a priority. There's no requirements at all. So people don't feel like they have to do anything. And I think the more people feel like they I feel like people don't wanna admit to themselves that they've kind of just by complete lack of trying discriminated against groups of people Mm -hmm. like really severely and so I think part of people are just like if we acknowledge that our games aren't accessible now it's like it it keeps them open for guilt you know like (laughs) like and so I think some people just wanted to that to not be the like they just don't want it to be true and so they don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want to make it real you know it's like it's that kind of weird psychological thing of just like it's so bad and I think people just don't I think also able people who don't know disabled people don't really want to know how bad it is or at least it's like psychologically good for them to like avoid (laughs) knowing how bad it is for us because I've heard like the amount of things I've heard people say about disabled people I'm like oh my god I want to live in the magical fairy world you live in that this is the case I want to live in the world where you know the government is giving me like two thousand dollars and I'm getting to like watch movies and when I want to and like Mm -hmm. just the kinds of shit people think we can do we get to do in society I'm like why would that be like it's hard it's hard to just tell someone who's able to, yeah no the world is a terrible place um, and right well and people fun. people who who are doing things just don't care enough or don't want to try to make what whatever product they're putting out accessible yeah when sometimes it's just a few little tweaks that that could happen that right. could be made yeah it's really like in I mean, we do, we'd rather something than nothing, obviously. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I remember the game that my friend and I were lamenting because he really wanted to play it uh, was the Phoenix Wright series. And it's oh. it's a visual novel, so it's it's all it's basically all text. There are still operations that you have to perform in the game, but it's basically it, it's just it's just text, and it's just funny. It's it, it you play a lawyer in a courtroom basically. That's funny. There are just like you, these funny characters that you have to cross reference or uh, cross examine, and you've got the prosecutor and the judge. Anyway, they're really fun games, but uh, they could be so easily adapted for someone with low vision or who was blind. Yeah, wait, I does my sister play these, I think. What what are they called again? Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney. I love yeah, these my games. My sister loves these Ace Attorney so, so much. much. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um but but, yeah. but they're not accessible. Yeah, I've talked to Winter about this and no, she's been like not, you can't you, it would there's be, no way. I would have to radio everything and yep, it'd be annoying. There's no way. The, well and then you have games like the Telltale games, which I love and those these are the games that the, the function, the mechanics of the game requires you to make choices. And, you know, it's all, all the games have dialogue in them and they're all voice acted, obviously. But the choices aren't read to you and you have to make, you have, you know, you have like you 10 have to seconds make to make a choice. Oh my God, yeah. really? So I'm just like, and so all that, you know, could be required is the cho- just make just it so that the, the choices, choices are read. And yeah. don't make it so quick that we have to decide. We have to take time. <laughs> before like, we can it's read it. time, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually, I think, Crypt Time is another, like, I think that's a very under-acknowledged, like, ableist, structural ableism manifestation, is, like, Crypt Time is super real, and, like, 
when you don't accommodate things on the level of time, like you are actually being ableist and you don't get a pass for like it being sort of like hard to know that that's like, it's just like anything where it's speedy, like you got it like fucking tests that are like time censored ones. I'm like, no, it's just deeply ableist. It just should, you should never have a time requirement. Like we are giving up extra time that able people get. Like it's already a structural and like, it's inequality that we don't have the same amount of time as able people like mm-hmm. and that affects our lives but don't make it fucking worse like you can do so much to not make it worse just don't have a fucking time limit on anything mm-hmm. uh yes anyway <laughs> um don't want to rant for too much yeah no yeah. That, that felt good we haven't had a tangent in quite I know. some time <laughs> i mean it's a documentary so i feel like yeah. it's hard because it's like a lot of the stuff is about and it's it's interesting it was like 11 years ago mm-hmm is, has anything changed? Well, I can't say for sure, but I would like to look up the study that's mentioned at the end with the mice. So we have we have doctors who are injecting. It's so depressing to think that's the thing that is developed. I hope it isn't, but <laughs> I hope it's not the only thing. Sorry, but we we are we are trying to basically regrow optic nerves. Yeah, essentially. That's fucking creepy as shit, man. Oh, yeah, it's super weird. And just really traumatic for people who were born with vision loss or lost their vision at an early age to like have that be something hanging over them, something that they truly would not want. But like, it's like, um, what are those horrible surgeries for like, like, um, weight related what are they oh gastric bypass yeah yeah though it's like it feels like that to me it's just like such a abusive thing and like it's like (laughs) using society's prejudices to like hurt people (laughs) for no good reason and that's what that surgery feels like to me so the idea that that is what (laughs) has been gotten better is very depressing well i i'm just speculating um I i think you're right though and i don't think there's anything else that's developed more i mean like the accessibility stuff is the same now Mm -hmm. well and you know things like like you said iphones and tablets and things are much more prevalent now than they were in 2010 that's true but they existed in 2010 they did yeah and the accessibility features was back when apple was still caring in 2010 so there was like almost i think (laughs) we we were more optimistic we didn't realize it was only going to get worse from there (laughs) um but yeah i mean I think, like, some of the characters, I always do that with the documentaries, some of the people, I think, the internalized ableism, there just wasn't, like, an idea of disability rights at all, or, like, Mm -hmm. that it is an identity Mm -hmm. and a community, which... Is that still the case, though? Is what it, part of the problem? I'm like, if I went to Southern California, it's exactly like this. Docu- it's not changed. Like, it, like I grew up there. And so sometimes I think like, oh, well, it's actually changed because I moved to Portland when I was an adult. And then all of a sudden things got better when I became an adult slash when I moved to Portland. <laughs> and then in retro- and then I go back to L.A. and I was like, oh, no. So literally nothing changed other than where I live. Like, that is what changed. Like, people in Portland, obviously, there's still a lot of ableism. It's just like it is so yep. much more aggressive and harmful and painful in, in, in Southern California and that has not changed one bit um, so I don't know what to say about that like and it's kind of sometimes shocking to me because I always want to think it's like time went by but it's not at all like it's time didn't seem to go by at all <laughs> but like I don't yeah I don't know it's I mean this is before we started recording I was like I don't want to get too depressing and then I just yeah so I don't know 
but I don't know. How do we turn this around, do you think? I don't want to make you be the one who has to decide, but <laughs> you have to I figure think, it out. I think in the end, it was really refreshing and wonderful to see just a bunch of, of uh, blind folks yeah. doing what they do and being awesome and not being perfect and figuring it out. Yeah. And coming to terms with who they are and learning to love that. And even at the end, you know, Joseph doesn't know what's in store for him in the future. He he doesn't know. But he know, now he knows that it's not the end. There are ways that he can cope. There are way, there are things in his life he's going to have to change. But it, it doesn't have to be a big old ordeal. Right. And it's not like... it's. I think in the beginning it kind of feels like it's just like the idea of going blind is like, you know death or something you know like it just feels like so existentially existentially is that right yeah I don't know why it's not wrong threatening to him (laughs) and I think that that's something that like even I think that's something at some one point that Jessica Jones pushes back on about how um like that it's not that it it can be hard, but it's also like it's you're it's not the end of the world. Like calm down. Like I I don't remember exactly what she said. So there's a, a bit of her being like it's you know you just you get used to it. Oh, there's oh my god, the thing that she says about um like people not oh, now I feel like I, it's so hard not to play clips. So play a clip. It's okay. fine. It's fine. This this there's this is every, such a everybody, clip episode. I know, but everybody in this has some really good stuff to say. Yeah, it's hard because I'm like I want to like I feel like doing verbatim is not gonna do, do it justice. justice. Yeah, this is what you get when you just interview a bunch of blind adults. We fucking say <laughs> really great stuff all the time. My dog Sam doesn't realize that Chef is working, but I'm more conscious now. They go inside, and I wonder what I would want to know if I'd lost my sight. The, uh... There's a staircase to your left, right mm-hmm. here, and then uh, that. okay. So there's a hallway here, mm-hmm. heading straight to the kitchen. There's a dining room to your right. Okay. Do you want to take my arm? Yeah. Yeah. Let me do that as we walk through. Okay. I realize I've never had a blind person in my home before, and quite frankly, it shames me. Why not? I've known and liked blind people in my life. Why haven't I pursued those friendships? See, this is a painting that might be interesting to you. Was it my own discomfort at not knowing anything about their world? Or is our fear of blindness so great that we fear the blind themselves? Jessica feels a painting. So I'm wrong. It's actually um, Joseph who says Mm. the thing about us fearing the blind themselves, which is kind of a weird... I don't know. (laughs) No, I think I kind of get it, though. No, I definitely get it. Yeah, it's... uh, I don't... I don't think my parents have ever been afraid of me personally, but I know they've been afraid for me. And I mean, I didn't assimilate into uh, blind friend groups or blind culture until I was in middle school. I had no idea there were people like me out there. Yeah. So it became, oh my God, I'm so different to, oh wow, I can be different with these people over here together. Right. Yeah, that was a big difference for me. Sadly, it was when I was 21 (laughs) that that Mm -hmm. happened. I mean, I definitely felt that, especially in Southern California. I don't think because, yeah, the life of a blind Southern Californian is deeply depressing and it's truly an abusive place to live as a blind person for so many reasons. But like it is, um, I think there, I did feel like, oh, like people are so, people are afraid of blindness to Mm -hmm. such an extent that I did feel like I was like, ostracized for that like and then I was treated differently because people were afraid to become blind (laughs) I think it's it's a question of 
a, a fear of, of interpretation. A blind person and a sighted person uh, see the world in experience the world in completely different ways and so there's just so much empty space there isn't just there are, isn't very many things to latch on to that's something that a way that a sighted person might feel I mean it's it's hard you know you are having a conversation with someone oh you know I've read the latest book by you know James Patterson or, or yeah I you know did you see oh did you see that tv show last night and it's like no and then it can get it can get awkward it doesn't necessarily have to but it's so it can be really daunting to uh to get along with a blind person i'm i'm here to tell you that it's daunting to get along with sighted people too yeah it's more obnoxious yeah yeah and i mean especially the ones that are not understanding of like you can't which people in Southern California <laughs> but um not to harp on that too much mm-hmm. but yeah like I I think that it could be really I think because of those reasons if someone's just not willing to like understand how you interact with the world and I mean everyone interacts with the world differently which is what I don't understand it's like it's just a different difference and like if you want to have people in your life to some extent you have to accommodate differences it's just like we say some differences are acceptable and some are not like and I think that that's the thing that always bothered me is it's like it's not any harder to be my friend than it is anyone else everyone has their weird things like it's not that's that's a part of being a human being and so like to to basically because society is oppressive to certain differences it that is the problem and then what happens is because people are so afraid of having society be so oppressive to them they then become afraid of you (laughs) (laughs) and that and then you're like i'm really i'm fucking already dealing with society why you got to do this too um but but I think, like, that's part of what made me sad, though, because I felt like Joseph was, like, this is an anxiety that I always had, what he said. But he was coming from a sighted person's perspective. Like, he mm-hmm. was looking at himself as a sighted person, now as a blind person, and crossing over. And, like, there's part of me that was, like, I always wanted that assumption I made that people were afraid of me because they're afraid of blindness. I didn't want that to be true. And so that to have this person who's just a sighted person who's just starting to become blind to, to, actually... s- to justify, yeah, to say that that is the correct thing. It, mm-hmm. it is, it's depressing. Like I think, cause I, there's always like part of me that's like, yeah, it's just a weird distortion that blind people mm-hmm. make. Like, cause we don't want it to, you know, cause it explains things, but it's like, I don't know. There's, it's more depressing to think of it as true. <laughs> and it feels like he yeah. has some authority in that. But I mean, to, to you know, I've I've had friends who are blind and they're really lovely people, but I've never had a blind person over to my home. Yeah. Just to be, I've. So where do you where do you hang out at? I mean, <laughs> no. yeah, sure, you can go to like restaurants and coffee shops, and you know, and go to museums or whatever, whatever you want to do. But I, I've 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 just don't think of these things because I've never had someone like that in my home, and it's just. It's weird. Kind of weird. And yeah, weird. Yeah, weird. And like there's like a distance that you're keeping blind Mm -hmm. friends at. But then, yeah. I mean, oh, you know, oh no, you have to help them orientate to your home. Right. So what? That's (laughs) not, it's not a huge deal. I mean, when I, when I helped out a friend and, 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 uh, sublet his apartment for a couple of months, you know, he brought me in and, gave me an entire tour of his apartment. I mean, just the most in-depth, detailed tour. 
uh, t- showed me the kitchen, showed me how everything worked, showed me the bathroom, showed me where everything this was. This is a very American thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Just live in America. Americans <laughs> just do this. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he's he was, he's a very sweet person. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not that hard. And mm-hmm. it's like every blind person is going to be different how much they right, need that right, too. And so it's right. just like part of having conversations with people, which is also like, mm-hmm. I don't know, when you want to have a conversation about someone's like uh i don't know their world isn't that the point of having a diverse friend group it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah getting that opportunity yeah. well and like maybe, we're giving you a gift by doing this mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> maybe maybe there maybe he might have been afraid that he would come off as condescending when when my friend did that for me with his apartment you know i thanked him and i was like you you did that whole thing but you also didn't condescend at all yeah which was amazing that's and you incredible. can also just say, like, hey, what kind of things would be helpful to tell you about? Yes. Yeah. And, like, um, how, you know, how detailed. I mean, it also doesn't have to be, like, serious. You would just be kind of jokey about it also. Right. Like, it's like we have don't. fun. Most blind people don't take serious. Like, we're not like, this is serious business. We need to know where the things in your house. Mm. You know, it's just like, it's just <laughs> a normal part of life. Like, you don't. it does not have to be some sort of sacred, weird thing where you're, like, performing for us or something. You could just, mm-hmm. like. You know, we're still just, like, people who are just in a new place. It's not, I don't know, it just seems, like, low stakes as well. So the idea of not having a friend for that reason is kind of silly. But, yeah. Well, do we want to do our blindness cutie? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think we've reached that point. Um, Do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Uh, So I am giving, I'm giving Going Blind... A uh, 2600. Nice. Just super high. High up as high as you can go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, this is a really great documentary. It's very informative. It's very interesting. Uh, it's, it was really fun to watch. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it was, it was something that I would totally be fine showing a sighted person or uh, showing a blind person. I think that's the really cool thing about this documentary is because it is a sighted person going blind and going from into the, from one's perspective to another, it kind of lives in the gray area. Yeah. And it's that's how I describe my vision is it's the gray area. I'm not blind enough to be considered totally blind, but I'm not sighted enough to be fully sighted. You're like ninety percent of black people. Basically, yeah. So, so not, not, so not unique at all. But yeah, you know, so you're you're the same as all. Of hey, us. yeah. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's just a very well done piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a twenty two hundred. Okay. I think. I mean, it is about going blind. So I think there is, to me, I felt like the fact that he still had one, uh, like, foot in the sighted world mm-hmm. is probably why I'm closer to, like, just legal blindness, which, you know, is pretty good, better than a lot of the movies I give. Um, I think that, like, it is obviously getting, I mean, because you're getting actual blind people to talk about the experience of being blind, it's going to ring a lot truer than a lot of the things we watch. Um, I think that is definitely a good strength for it i think you know there's some stuff like i it didn't um 
I think he just was very so concerned about getting the vision back and like kind of the mm-hmm. the way that it's pathologized and I think that that stuff like the more we can just get as far away from that as possible the better like I think that I don't not to say that like people who do that stuff should not be part of our community but I think that it should like not be something that is so central to the community because it feels very like more of an oppressive structure than if anything I would want to help save people from more than anything right. else it, to be perfectly honest it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that we're always striving for <laughs> definitely not and it should and it should be as peripheral as possible um like to the point that I can barely see it uh, um <laughs> or, I can't I can't see it at all and you so definitely can't you know. see it yeah um <laughs> but I think that like it is something that it's I just I felt so bad for him honestly like mm-hmm. because he's just not until he stops trying to fight it he's never going to get to be a like fully step into blindness and that's sad like I, I did feel just sad like for him because it's like to fight for vision and it's a losing battle and it's just it is a you know it's like it's like the rocky war or something it's just like you've already lost that you started and then also it will drag on forever and and there will just be so much sadness throughout the whole thing and in the end you'll be like why did we do this why did we just not do this um that's my perfect metaphor um (laughs) brilliant yeah yeah um so i that i think like and a lot of the medical stuff i wish that was less central because i think the people that he interviewed are really great and i want to see them more wanted to get more time seeing them and also maybe seeing him adapt in a way I think I I I just I think also get more excited about stories of people who are blind and are blind and are doing their things and um and I think that sometimes in media we focus way too much on um (laughs) like going blind uh which I guess you can't fault it it's it's what it says on the tin but um (laughs) I'd rather see more stuff about being blind Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. but yeah but till 2200 it's not it's definitely not uh harmful to blindness blind people or like perpetuating that many problematic mm-hmm. things at all um i think it's comes out pretty decently and and i guess if you're showing it to eye doctors it's better than what they are now <laughs> sorry yeah. uh, but, yeah. uh, sorry not sorry um but yeah so that's uh it's going blind i think mm-hmm. i think we did it yeah we did it yes okay so now then the last thing we're gonna do is what we're blindsided by here i'll go i'll go first yeah go for it um so i'm doing another podcast this week um doing the podcast the cut um that is uh Mm -hmm. part of the new york magazine europe umbrella (laughs) but uh it is um hosted now by avery troubleman from 99 invisible oh very cool i love that yes um which i started listening to them back when they were like at gimlin and like had an a host who I was trying to find the name of, but I couldn't find before recording. But um, but it's just a it's a feminist kind of part of the magazine online. But they have a podcast, um, and it's just a lot of cool. Um, I don't know, feminist, very New York. Um, what I'm like. <laughs> What are words today? I don't know. I just like I, I really like Avery Trufelman. It was a it, it was a really cool podcast. Again, also they do a lot of interviews with like cool women in all sorts of different fields, and nice. just do they had like an episode on dick pics, uh, but they also Whoa. do so it's about like running for office. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's those are some of the that's some of the. Um, 
spectrum of things that you'll get. Um, Love it. But yeah, it's a great podcast, so check it out. Yeah, I'll do that. Definitely. <laughs> uh, what is you? What are you blindsided by? So I've got a show today, Ooh. a TV show. Uh, and I finally actually started to catch up with it because I'd watched an episode here and there. But last night I just binged it and I was having such a good time. Uh, it's it's the show Close Enough on Ooh. HBO Max. It's streaming on HBO Max. This is the the, uh, the other show created by uh, uh, the <laughs> what again? What are words? Yes, uh, this is another show created by the the same creator who did Regular Show. Oh. And whereas that show was kind of about uh, people and their well, not necessarily people. It was about a a, a blue jay and a oh, beaver. I can never remember what the other character was, but <laughs> anyway. But th- that show is about like your twenties and figuring out who you are and blah 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 blah. And this show is directly aimed at a lot of, a lot of us who are coming of age now. Uh, this is about thirty year olds, and oh. yeah. So it's. Um, it's about Josh and Emily and their daughter Candace, and the uh, the life that they are uh, trying to get through. Basically, just daily daily struggles. Uh, this show, I've just had multiple re- times I've reacted. Oh my god, this show totally gets me. I mean, <laughs> there's this wonderful sequence. Um, when Candace goes off to a sleepover or whatever and the parents are like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And you think, oh, they're going to party or they're going to have sex or whatever. And it's just this montage of them like running errands (laughs) and being awesome and like doing laundry. And then, you know, and then, you know, instead of like, spending the night together or whatever they actually do their taxes and they're and but it's so exciting and it's set to like the song turn down for what and it's i just encapsulates like i'm not married but there's so many times when this show has just encapsulated my experience as a 33 year old person and i'm like oh my god fine yes yes the show the show totally understands it gets me um i the humor is sweet and the characters are uh just it feels like hanging out with a bunch of old friends and nice. just laughing with them. You've sold me. Oh my god, it's so good. It's I, it's probably uh, one of my favorite cartoons that I've watched this year. Honestly, nice. Okay, yeah. So that's close enough, and it's streaming on HBO Max. Nice, awesome. We did an episode. Yay! <laughs> oh, what are we doing next week, Melissa? Oh yeah. We are doing that uh, classic 90s Disney movie next week, uh, Mr. Magoo, starring the, the late, the great Leslie Nielsen. I'm sure it will have just the most accurate representation of a of, of visually impaired person. It's going to be like Quest for Camelot, actually. Oh, probably. yeah. <laughs> more, yeah. More, li- more than likely. <laughs> um, no, but probably way more offensive. But you'll have to find out. Maybe we're like, well, Mr. Magoo, the best portrayal of, dis- <laughs> of blindness we've um, ever seen. I'm gonna say no. I'm but... gonna say I don't. I don't want to give spoilers, but the likelihood of that is almost zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's probably negative. More than um, likely, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but tune in next week. Find out. Um, our theme song is by Lucia Fasano. Our YouTube is Citizen White Cane Podcast. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Our Instagram is Citizen White Cane. And our Facebook is also Citizen White Cane. Um, you can send us an email at citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voice message, there's a link in the show notes. Um, 
Uh, what do you do? Can you write on a CCTV or what like weird things can you do on a CCTV? Uh, are you blind and ride a bike? If you are, we want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Have you like been doing a million surgeries for your eyesight and where, where are you at in that journey? <laughs> How do you feel about it? Um, any of those things? There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and from going blind, we're going to come this, this very sweet, uh, documentary about real people in New York City. We're going to come back next week and we're going to do Mr. Magoo. We'll, we'll see you then. <laughs> oh, God. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>